0: All right, everybody. Welcome to our ongoing holiday, a totally episodic and modular series. One hundred. This is the most episodic we've ever done since the last time I made that claim. Uh, but these episodes are total, so episodic that this one—it's it, probably episode four, but it really is the uh, part of a prequel. Uh, before the other three episodes, uh, but it really doesn't reveal anything you would have needed to know in the other three. That makes it, that's what makes it episodic, maybe, or modular. It's more of an ongoing, it was only four episodes, but it was ongoing for their lives, the characters, uh, their lives. And they'll actually, will learn their names, uh, finally. I don't know if anybody's been asking, but... Uh, Uh, because uh, the whole series is concluded before an episode came out, but you'll finally learn the main characters' names. Well, they weren't the main characters, but this episode, spoiler, they are. Uh, I may have given you too much information already, but uh, don't worry. It'll take a while to get there. It'll be slow going, and it'll be sleepy. But this is our uh, holiday series, Happiest Holiday Shop, a tale of a holiday shop uh, that... uh, it's named the happiest holiday shop, and the tale of the customers and the visitors to the shop, and uh, just their stories. Uh, so that's a little bit about this uh, series, and uh, I think that's all you need to know. It's a holiday season series. Uh, it's just more about the holiday series than any particular or season, you know, season than any particular holiday. gift giving part of it of uh, those traditions. So here we go. Uh, welcome to another episode of uh, the Happiest Holiday Shop. Uh, yes, uh, welcome to the Happiest Holiday Shop. I'm your narrator. You could call me Burl, but that uh, you know, if you want to, but that's just because of an upcoming character name. And I don't know if you remember uh, the, the the tale of Ebenezer Scrooge uh, or the different portrayals in film and television of Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, Maybe an actor springs to mind. But for now, as the uh, actor is in the foreground, I want you to take a look at the background, in particular where Ebenezer Scrooge and the other young person whose name escapes me worked. uh, I want to say Tom Hardy, but I don't think... uh, I wonder Tom Hardy wouldn't be a good Scrooge. More of the, uh, maybe a character in Oliver, I think, would be better for Tom Hardy. Though if Tom Hardy wanted to play Ebenezer Scrooge, or uh, I'm still buying myself time to remember the other uh, character, but we're not talking about the characters in Scrooge. We're talking about an office uh, normally portrayal as uh, stark and cold... Uh, there for business, the business, I guess, of lending money, I think. Uh, formal, uh, sparse, and it's uh, there our tale starts in a modern version of that uh, sparse place. A place that's a little bit cold, and that's where Jean works, uh, who we concentrate on working away at a desk. Behind Gene, someone older named Ives uh, and you could see a resemblance in their faces uh, intergenerational, but they're related, it's clear. And this office is also a place where money is lended and money is invested. It's a compact a complex uh a financial business. We'll learn more about it, Uh expository dialogue coming up, one of your favorite features of this program. But it's a, fa- fa- and again, I didn't get all, the uh, producer of this podcast uh, d- didn't give me, a- but this is a complicated family trust uh, that lends money out, and there's a couple of extra quirks uh, to this business. A-, a few things you should know, even though the general gist of the business is on me is that every weekday, every workday, this shop is open or this business is open. Banking holidays excluded. Every day they must make a loan. You see, this business was started years ago by a wiser family member a few generations ago. And they decided that this would be one of the rules of the family trust, and lots of family members have benefited from this. Uh, they rely on the money generated by these loans, and it's a, just just a, like it's a, a, just an interesting idea that the benefactor had to say that the benefactor had to say if the money, if a loan isn't made every day. If all the money goes away. I think that was the exact thing and they said is there rhyming aloud in wills and trusts? And uh the benefactor probably would have had a chuckle at that. Uh, and Jean who's working in the shop with Ives uh, from the previous generation, Jean uh, Gene kind of drew the short stick uh Jean's uh, siblings and cousins uh uh, no one else wanted to work with Ives, who was not exactly Ebenezer Scrooge, uh, but it's not exactly fun. And it actually was maybe an avoidance by the other uh, relatives because they said, well, this is a lot of pressure. Everyone counts on this. And the idea of making a loan every single day within certain parameters uh, that uh, aren't super important, you know, it just can't be one dollar. And it has to have a likelihood of getting paid because everyone else counts on it. Uh, so you have to make it good choices. Uh, but also based on the values of the family and the benefactors that, hey, we want to uh, give other people a chance, uh, raise up other people and other voices and other ideas. What we also want is, you know, sensible business ideas. Ives has been doing it for a long, long time. And Gene's uh, kind of the only family option. Keep it in the family, they say, I guess, uh, trying to groom Gene to take over. Now, Gene, we, 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 you may, may or may not relate, Gene's uh, pretty high-wired, uh, uh, overthinking. So not only is the idea that the family members rely on this, but the idea that a loan has to go out every day. Gene's good with numbers and risk, but maybe too good at assessing risk and looking at risk and, and, and thinking of these things. And Ives is kind of the uh, semi-optimistic counterbalance and saying, no, no, we have to make a deal today. Uh, which is the risk we're willing to take, Gene? So, you know, Gene is Gene a bit of a warrior. I think, if you'd say that. Uh, uh, but but good, but but not enjoying, not exactly enjoying the job, but obliged to it. And today was a big day for Ives was going to leave the shop. Uh, they were both there as the start of the business days were watching them working at their desks. Uh, Ives, you know, thinking about moving on and stopping working. Today's prefer- Jean's the first day in charge. And there's a lot. Well, well, well I'll let you uh, listen in. Uh, well, well, Gene, uh, today's appointments look pretty good. Now, do yourself a favor. Don't wait until the last appointment. I'm looking at these uh, incoming things, and I've looked at some of the numbers. Uh, don't wait till the last person to make a loan. That's my one tip, especially for today. You know, you could, if there's two things that look good, Gene, you could always make a second loan. There's no rule against that, uh, or have them come back, uh, you know, next week after the holiday. It's better to have two good prospects than none at all, especially in this situation. And I see you left uh, your last hour open, so you have time to call someone back. But that's a good idea, but, uh, what, but, but but i have so the, the default rate we we have to keep it within the parameters we I can't just give out a loan willy-nilly and it's been inching up you, you've been i've been running the numbers and and okay okay Gene, i know i know it's going up bit by bit and we have to be a little shrewder i guess uh but again it, it it's part of the system in place uh the money must go out, and yeah, so you have to make a good choice. It's not easy. And I know the next 8 to 12-month outlook is not uh, great, but uh, just make sure you get the loan done, Gene. It's, it's that simple. Don't overthink it. You know, maybe listen to your guts, or maybe an idea they say, well, I'd spend my money there. Uh, you know, balance that with the numbers. Use the numbers, Gene. Use, use what you're good at, uh, but also, I, you know, I've got to go. It's uh, You know, it's close to business today and then the holiday, and then I'll see you uh, next week. But there's no perfect or right time. You know, it's just uh, the most likely. You, you, you understand, Gene? Well, I'm just looking at the numbers. I guess I'm not seeing them. Uh, okay, Gene, don't wait. There's no 100% right, uh, right. but there is 100% wrong. I'm seeing a couple of these appointments. Okay, well, have yourself a good day and just make it, you know, maybe my finger keeps tapping what I feel in the middle of the day would be a wonderful opportunity because I set these appointments specifically for you. Now I'm off. Enjoy enjoy the holiday after you get this done. You know, if, if you get it done early, like right around this time here, lunchtime, you know, you could take the rest of the day off even once you make the loan, cancel the rest of the appointments. Have them come back next time. Enjoy yourself. Uh, it's gonna, Gene, you're going to do great. I, I know. You, 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 Gene, I know. I, I get it. Uh, but you're going to do great. I'll see you. And I believe me, I'll be enjoying me As soon as I walk out this door, I'm going to forget about this. Uh, and I'm going to have a holiday. So I'll, I'll see you soon, Gene. Okay, I've, I'll see you. And uh, as I've left, uh, Gene started pacing... Uh, but there was also a hopeful look in Jean's eyes, studying the day's appointments. And then a montage began, within this uh, talking of Jean greeting people at the door, the bell jingling. Still a wooden door with glass, even though the office was somewhat modern. Uh, everybody else that worked there and support was off, but they always had this uh, small business uh, family feel. And the first visitor was a chef, and the chef was a big personality uh, and knew knew quickly uh, that they knew better than Gene, they knew better than Ives, they knew better than the numbers. Uh, they knew their bill brilliance would carry the business, and so that like uh, they were a J to the E to the R to the K, even to Jean, even outside the door, uh, Jean saw them uh, huffing and puffing at someone, and uh, so that was a no. And the next was an inventor, no lab coat, but clearly an inventor. Uh, with a vague with idea for an improvement on a modern-day, you know, inconvenience. Uh, and the inventor had an idea for adding bubbles to something to make it more con- effective or convenient. Uh, and Gene was interested in, in in asking more and more questions, but the more questions that were asked, it clearly... The inventor had an idea, but Jean said, you, you have an idea, but not a product, not a market. Uh, you don't have a plan. You have a great idea, but I, you, you know, I can't support just the idea. And the inventor said, well, if I get this or I need this, it'll help me. And, and then Gene said, no, no, you know, you need to sweat a little bit more. This was true advice that Jean was giving uh, you know, maybe some more late nights to get the idea into the product stage. Uh, you know, we have to have some sort of MVP, at least uh, some sort of prototype. Otherwise, we'll be just giving you ideas. I can't fund daydreaming, I guess was Gene's thing. And Gene offered a solution. Just sit down. Uh, who is it for? What is it going to do? We know what it's going to solve and how Bubbles would solve that. uh, Maybe look for a partner, but, but uh, you know, and, and see if he could bring something back uh, and an idea of how much the part, you know, Gene was very, and the inventor was uh, a little bit flustered and went off. And the next was a scuba diver with an idea for, you know, treasure adventures and all of these things. And again, Gene, Gene was very swept up. Uh, and this seemed like a good idea. And it had a little bit better of an idea because it said, well, you know, this is 1%, you know, this is kind of expensive experiences people want to have. And Gene got that concept that, uh, yeah, of course, people want to have these adventures. But what about this? What about the underwriting type stuff? Uh, What about the boats? What about about the total cost? Uh, Gene said, sure, people will pay anything. For experiences but will they pay anything the scuba diver didn't have a kind of grasp at what what it would cost or what it should cost and and jean said you don't even know how much look if you're going to have champagne uh which dive sites uh and how realistic is the experience is it a front-loaded experience is it a theme park experience or is it a real one and Gene said, you're close, do more research, uh, pretend you're a customer and go on some of these experiences, uh, but you're close. The next person, I guess, was a like a combination inventor, entrepreneur. And they pitched at Gene on the idea, those are the people that live in uh areas with tech hubs, you may see that the tech companies will have buses for their employees and that the buses will take the employees from the area they live all the way to work uh, so they can, can work while they commute. Or even as just an employment benefit, they say, we get to take a nice luxury bus. And they have gyms at work. And this person said, why not mobile gyms? Uh, you know, what if they could work out? What if you could work out on your commute? And not just to tech employees, uh, anybody, anywhere with a commute an hour, uh, the inventor said, uh, the, the, the marketer said, that's uh, plenty of time to work out. And we could stop and we could have, we could have, and then, because he said, I realized the shower part. Uh, and I'm trying to figure that out, believe me. I'm trying to figure out, should we do a luxury bus? Or should we go to a gym where they could shower? So that is a piece that's missing, the inventor, the, the inventor admitted. And Jean said, well, have you ever worked out in a, in a movie? Have you tried this at all? And uh, this person was very worried. They said, oh, of course, like they were pumping iron, like doing bicep curls d- during the uh, assessment, I think for dramatic purposes. Uh, but there was something about this idea that you had Gene underlying things, but still uh, he said, I'd have to see it in action. And, and, and uh, they said, well, I don't have the – he said, well, what about in your car? You know, take the – Gene said, I need a working model. Uh, well, you're close, maybe. Maybe not, though. And then the person said, well, this is how much people spend on gym memberships every year. And Gene said, well, would you be selling the customization or the experience? Because maybe the tech companies would just copy your idea. So we would have to decide if you're selling the workout buses to the, you know, and uh, the person didn't really so answer. Gene said, Work your, 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 yeah, maybe, I don't know. Let me think about it. Uh, uh, but this one had good, good uh, potential. Then it was a food lover uh who loved food and loved eating experiences and wanted to open a restaurant based on their love of food. But Jean said, "Do you cook it all?" And they said, "No, no. I just eat out. I love eating out. I'm a great taste. I think I could taste make. I like tasting, and I want to be a taste maker." And then Jean said, "Well, do you know a chef?" And they said, "No, but I have this idea for blindfolded eating. Would be the concept for my restaurant." And I would it would be what what do you call that uh, you know like uh, I'd, I'd I'd kind of uh, make it like a playlist of food uh, of tasting experiences. And Jean said it sounds more like a pop up shop to me uh, because what is the repeatability of that uh, and the cost? Jean uh, said, well, it of sounds like something you could just call up some restaurants and and do on your own. But I don't know about the long-term viability. And there was a toy maker who handmade toys, uh, and Jean said, "Okay, well, um, I think you should just keep at it. If you're hand making toys, I don't sure. I'm not sure we could bring that to scale. I think you should just keep making them and selling them in your spare time." Jean gave some very specific tips. There was a restaurant owner who uh, who already owned a restaurant and opened up another one. And Gene kind of wanted to crunch the numbers at the current restaurant. And uh, why do you want to open another one? I'm tired of that concept. Uh, And Gene said, Well, that's not the best sign, but maybe we can make these numbers work. So it was another close, but there's something about Gene. Gene said, Well, let me take a look at things while you're gone. Yeah, I'm not sure. I have another appointment. Uh, then it was a podcaster. Gene said, okay, bye, bye. A good, they said, said, Gene said, no podcasts. Uh, and the podcaster said, we didn't even hear about my ideas. The so a podcast to put people to sleep. Uh, and Gene said, well, you're better off without a debt load. I'll just be straight honest with you. You'll be much happier uh, to push through without a debt load or investors to answer to in the end. And your product will be better. And it sent sent, sent the podcaster on on its way. Now Gene had one more, two more appointments, and the last appointment seemed really good. And the next appointment was more of like a store purchase. So Gene was kind of uh, like, okay, I think I have a good feeling about this last appointment. This next one, I would get through it. Uh, and then the, the door opened, and on the other side of the door was Issa, and there was something about the way Issa opened the door, uh, confidence, uh, uh, kindness, a gentleness, but, but a fierce gentleness. Uh, uh, they caught Gene's eye. It would also have made Gene say, "Whoa, whoa, risk assessment here. Uh, maybe even a risk to the palpitations in my chest and I need to focus on the numbers." And then the phone rang, and it was the next appointment canceling. And Jean said, "Oh, you're canceling? Okay, I'll see you next week." Uh, and Issa sat down in front of Jean's desk and said, "Oh, hello. Looks like I'm your last appointment for the day before the holidays." Uh, and Jean tried to remain, you know, maintain Demeter, demeanor. But I couldn't tell in the montage because it was. Without dialogue, mostly. But Gene said, "So he said, uh, let's see here. It looks like you want to open a store, and you're looking to buy the building in particular. Well, no, no, just the facade is really what's important, and the entryway to the to the, that comes with the building, of course. So the building comes with it. Well, that that pur- purchase price seems pretty high for just a facade, but even for a building in this uh." It is right around the corner it's uh it just seems a little bit uh just is there something historical well yeah, there's some, historical would be almost accurate uh there's not necessarily this is a facade that a lot of people are going to be interested in uh but but yeah it's just something of great value what like historical value or personal value what do you mean? It, it it's it it will make the difference. It, it's a bit it, it's hard to, to to describe to you, uh, Gene. Okay. Well, you so you're going to open a seasonal shop there. Yes, yes. It's a seasonal. It's a holiday shop. I believe it or not. Uh, and what what are you, you going to be selling there? Oh, one of a kind gifts. Uh, for for the, for for holiday gift gift givers. Okay, so you're gonna, so it's a little bit high the market price, and you're gonna have a seasonal shop with just handmade gifts. Yes, yeah, that's that's uh, sounds pretty correct. I mean, a little bit generic, but well, I'm just wondering, like in the off season, how are you gonna generate the revenue uh, to cover the building costs and the servicing costs? And it doesn't look like you're gonna be able to do a volume business. is it going to be in, uh, what were the margins? I'm not fam- super familiar with, the, I mean, I've just talked to a toy maker, but is it going to be price of sales? Like how, I, I can't seem to see, make this work. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Oh, it'll be in volume, Gene. Gene. It'll be the volume, can't kind of a joy, joy volume. Uh, uh But what about the real estate, the, the price is, uh, well gene we're gonna be this store is going to be mission driven oh so it's like more is this more of a nonprofit like uh i mean because by these numbers' there's not profitability is uh i'm more worried about solvency right now well Gene, why don't i show you it's just right like you said right around the corner yeah i mean listen you seem terribly nice and you definitely seem I could see it in your, your face. You're focused and, like you said, mission-driven in that the shop facade it has meaning to you. But I don't see how I could—I just don't see how we're going to make it work, uh, num- not just numbers-wise. You know, it, it would just add pressure. I don't think you would enjoy it then. There would be a lot of pressure on you. And then it would, like, uh, take away from your mission. It would really drag on your mission and I like to, to be honest. I ha- I have like uh, I got to get get something done by the end of the day today. So I'm afraid like I could get back to you. I could take you a couple looks at it when it, when it, like uh you know when I have it a little bit clearer of a head. Well, Gene, your last appointment canceled. It's only like three ten p.m. If you have to have things done by what five p.m. four, 4 fifty p.m. Y- yeah. So you'll have plenty of time to finish up. If I could just please have the time I'm entitled to. And, uh, you know, I have to, I guess, I have to insist that uh, in the tradition of this business, aren't you required to do your due diligence in the time I have uh, to, to really look deeper beyond the numbers? Isn't that part of your job? Uh, it is. It's just like uh, with the holiday coming, This is like my, I'll be honest, this is my first day in charge of the shop and I have to, you probably know that because you're putting this, uh, you know, I have to send money out, but it has to fit within, it it just, I can't make this work. Even Ives would say this, there's other, there's other people I'm also entitled to do my due diligence for, I guess is what I'm saying to you. Oh, yeah, like the other people. Who else other than the people that have come today? Well, my, yeah, my family, my, yeah, my my aunts, my uncles, my cousins. Yeah, no, 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 I understand. But part of your due diligence is giving me till 4 p.m. So it's just, it's just a short, short walk away. Maybe it'll clear your head in one of these other things on the list. If it doesn't work for me, I can accept that as long as they give me the time and the attention. I I, I, I'm entitled to. Okay, it'll it'll lower the pressure, and with lower pressure, you'll make a better decision. Don't don't you don't you find that to be true, Gene? Yeah, I mean that does. uh, You're right. High pressure decision making doesn't really work out well. Okay, well let's go. And and so Gene and Issa started walking across uh, town. And as they walked, they chatted. So so, what kind of gifts specifically are you going to have in your shop? Uh, like like uh, themed gifts or uh, toys or adult gifts, kids gifts? Well, Gene, that's interesting. How, t- tell me about how familiar are you with gift giving and receiving? Like when I t- when you think about gifts, what what is it trigger for you? Well, yeah, I've got a lifetime experience of giving and receiving gifts. Uh, I guess. Okay, but this is a no judgment zone when I talk about gifts. Uh, is there something strong? Is it stronger for giving or receiving a gift? Uh, no, like a no shame zone. I mean, I guess get, get not getting the gift. Uh, I mean, I, I guess it's more of like the what I remember is like the waiting. Waiting to get a gift, uh, or the playing with the gift afterwards, uh, and then kind of forgetting, I mean, is that selfish, like forgetting where it came from? No, tell, tell me more. What are you playing with when you, when you say that? Well, this one, I always remember this delivery van I got. It was kind of plain. It was a Fisher Price delivery van and you could open, it came with two delivery characters and you could open up the back, you could take it off and... It was. It would, Wheels always worked good, and I, and I could just play with it, and I didn't always just deliver things. Say, you know, had adventures, and I had to, it had to be a camper, I had to be, you know, team, you know, for te- teams, world savers, you know, stuff like that. I just played with it a lot, and I always, I could feel it, I could feel the smoothness of the wheels, uh, but if I'm honest, I don't even know if it came from. Uh, someone in my family or the St- cloths or, or what? Oh, that's, that's, that's very good, Gene. That's very good. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of levels to, to, here's the shop here. Uh, and, and they stood outside, a uh, closed up shop, but outside it was a green awning, a little bit of rain and dust faded awning in a giant, giant window and, uh, Jean kind of tried to look in, but it was mostly covered in soap, uh, so you couldn't see inside. But you could see like a display area just behind the window, window, mostly empty with a couple boxes and a even an old Christmas tree was there. And Issa put put put, put Issa's hand, and Issa's hand was on the knob of the door. And he said, "Yeah, it's going to need some work, but this is the facade." And then Jean started to notice the tile work and the brickwork, and it was a beautiful facade with a lot of details. We did, are those uh, giant, those pine cones in the tile up there. They are. They are. That's a great observation, Jean. And as we were talking about gift giving, you were talking about the anticipation. The wrapping, that's kind of like the facade a little bit at first from far away. And then the window, and wondering what's on the other side of the window. The anticipation is a key part of gift-giving. And Issa moved the doorknob a little bit, tense to the forearm, but but didn't go to open it. Uh, the waiting to cross the threshold, Jane... but but before crossing over, there's also that moment of tension. Like, uh, what did you want when, when they were researching it? Would, are you going to get what you wanted? Did you know what they wanted? Are you going to be surprised? You know, the good gift givers are listeners or have the courage to make a mistake on the gift giving they're adventurers, but it's also how do you really know you? Do you are you brave enough to say this is what I want and not get it uh and all that's wrapped up in that moment uh you talked about that drawn out moment of wondering if the gift is coming, then seeing the gift and it being closer. You know there's a lot of deeper needs there in and, and there's another side of it and, and Issa turned the knob and open the door just to to touch, uh, there's this magic there, a magical joy. It's like a chance, if you choose, to actively participate in the gift-giving ritual, to be a part of it and experience it, to savor each moment and stage of it. There's a chance to go deeper into that relationship, whomever the relationship is with uh, to peer deeper, to probe deeper to journey deeper, Jean uh, to take another level for for the giver or the receiver, but it's also a rot thing. There's a lot of shoulds if we like you even anticipated uh there could be some shaming in there, go with the gift uh, or it could be just give them what they want, uh, click and ship, and send it off uh. And the marketing goes that it's the joy of giving. Uh, but I don't necessarily agree with that, or the joy of receiving. It's a ritual. Uh, at least this is my theory, a theory behind the mission of the shop, as I was telling you. It's a path you walk of gift-finding, of gift-giving. What will happen? Or of gift-getting, of actively receiving as the gift, uh, in a fullness, I guess uh, I realize I'm, biffy, b- 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 you know, building it up. But you know, you're wondering: is the gift going? Is the reaction going to be the same? And what if uh, that person that gave you the truck was deeper in in playing with the truck with you, instead of maybe they were passively enjoying you but playing with it, but they never talked to you about it. It doesn't sound like. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. But that also sounds like a lot of pressure and a lot of work, uh, you know. It's like, uh, it's, you know, and I'm not sure about all that risk, uh, like uh, like an investment in, in a gift when you don't necessarily need to invest. Uh, uh, but I can, I can see, well, let's cross over this threshold. Let's go in the shop and see. Uh, as the buildup is released uh, and, and Issa started to pull the door open, you know, you could remember the happy waiting, uh, but then you're there and it's open and you cross over the threshold and you step in, I mean, into the store, come on in. What will I get? Uh, and sometimes it is magical and sometimes it isn't, uh yeah yeah I get like uh in and Jean stepped into the store and it was like uh a, a pretty run of the mill dusty dusty wooden floors, an empty set of display cases, some lamps, a desk with an old fashioned cash register and this is the hard part of the gift to Jean when it first opens uh do how do you feel like isn't it strange that that build up and then yeah this uh this is a nice shop it's got a lot of old features, some old fixtures I like the ceilings uh, uh this is nice uh but it's also like a momentary thrill like your build up in salesmanship uh it's a bit like the build up in salesmanship of it's like tantalizing, but then it's gone. And I guess you're saying I remember the tantalizing parts, but not so much after the crossing of the threshold. Uh, like after the spell's broken, I guess is what I'm saying. Oh, I, I like that description, but is this spell broken? Or is it calling you deeper in? You have a look around. Do some diligence. We've got time. He and Jean started to walk around the shop, uh, and look in the display cases, uh, kind of starting to assess uh, the actual interior value. Well, all these fixtures come come with the purchase, huh? Yes, they do. They, they do. And the awning and, and the, the, I guess the facade, like you're saying, uh, Yeah, it's all part of, uh, you know, part of gift-giving is the suspension of disbelief on both sides, I guess. Uh, That's where the magic of gift-giving starts. But there's also the smells and the warmth and the other memories piled on top of it. There's a mood setting. So that's what we'll be going with with the shop is uh, when you cross over... I guess it's just me, though. They, 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 like I always say, we, because I think of the customers as part of it. Yeah, but the smells and the thing in, in the whole shop will be to guide them, so their belief is their disbelief is suspended, or their belief suspended, or they believe they're in now, here in the shop, in a world of gift giving, of openness. Uh, wait a second, Jean started walking. in Another, is this snow on the floor? He's going into that room. Uh, is that real, or is this part of the design of the shop? And Jean started following, like a what seemed like a dusting of snow. And as Jean crossed over into another room, off to the side of the shop, Jean uh, was looking down, and the snow got thicker until the floor was covered with it, and it was a slight rise. And it was fresh snow, it started crunching under Jean's uh, feet. and then Jean looked up and it was a kind of white plain of uh, snow uh, and uh, East was right at Jean's side. Uh, but Jean kept walking, Something was drawing Jean along step by step, where, where 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 are we where are we going? Like, where are we? Where are we Where am I going?" Well, Gene, are you are you familiar with uh, reindeer bells at all? Are those like uh, jingle bells? Kind <laughs> kind of. Kind of yeah, I guess they're bells that jingle. Uh, Jean, uh, we're going to go help out with some uh, bells. Wait, what? Oh, is this is this some experiential thing? Uh, like, is this an experiential shop? You, sh- you could have just told me that. I don't understand how you're. Uh, wait, wh- wait, wh- wait. Well, just come along. It's just up this hill. See down there? There's a set of stables. Oh, yeah. This, uh, yeah, this, this, are those stables? And uh, is that a blacksmith shop? I see a forge. Yeah, and there's a leathersmith there. And out back behind the stables, you see that giant range. That's the reindeer running around and jumping there. And there's some other work buildings. uh and right down here, we're going to follow this path. That's the bell tuner in the bell tuner's workshop. Wait, a belt? I've never heard of a bell, a bell tuner. You don't do bell tuner. Well, they could be a bell smith or there, there's other tune. It's right through the store, Gene. Uh, yeah, once a year, the, the bells for the holiday reindeer, for Roberta Claus's reindeer, they're prepared, and today it just happens to be that day. And they get tuned. It's a yearly ritual. Uh, uh, they get cleaned and maintained because over the between the holidays, uh, you see, and they walked into this workshop, and out on one workbench was tarnished. What looked like four-leaf clovers, uh, flat pieces of metal. And they set to work uh, with Issa's patients uh, showing Jean how to use uh, the different cleaners uh, to, to take the tarnish off of, you know, rubbing and then rinsing. Uh, they went to work on this flat tarnished metal, and quickly what started to sparkle was not just a silver or gold, but shades of silver and gold, shades of metallic brilliance they were even polishing a little bit they placed these flat pieces of metal on you know nice soft uh, cotton uh, blankets and uh, even Jean was trying to rub uh, thumbprints off uh, and looking at the reflections and looking at the sparkling of the light uh, buffing Jean couldn't believe all the different colors. Uh, it was just one isn't just silver and gold, but it's not. Uh, and then they moved on to another workbench, which was a big basin full of uh, that had been soaking uh, different bits of metal, different little spheres of metal. And then there was a dry basin with uh, other spheres, like some seeds and some clay. And they just needed to be rubbed off. You know, some had accumulated dust or gunk and resins of different sizes, some not even perfect spheres. Uh, And they cleaned those off and set them to dry. And even those had their own wonderful colors and shapes and textures and richness sizes and weights even gene was talking about the mass and showing the mass of a seed versus the mass of a a piece of uh uh metal dense much denser and then they watched in the blacksmith and the bell tuner presumably came in and they went to work uh shaping the bells back into shape and, and to, to listening and tuning the bells. And then the leathersmith came with the harnesses and they started uh, working. And the whole time, Gene uh, and, and Issa were just sitting there watching, craftsmanship of all different layers working together. And then Issa turned to Gene and said, it's time. And Gene said, for what? And then Gene was just shaken for a second. So what time is it? And he said, don't worry, I'll have you back in plenty of time for the rest of your day. It's time for the ceremony. And the sun had just started to set. uh, And Gene said, you'll see. And they went into a square at the center of this uh, stables and farm or whatever it was, uh, and There was a crowd gathered. There was elves, and there were snow beings. There was humans, and there was, there was sentient trees, and even there was Roberta Claus uh, in all her holiday splendor. And everyone was chatting and drinking nag uh, and saying hello. And the, then the the appointed the, uh, the, the time seemed. To, there was a, just a ringing of a little bell. And then the reindeer came out of the stables uh, and everyone fell to a hush. And each reindeer was covered in a couple wool blankets, especially over their reins, I guess you'd say. The reins of the reindeer or their harnesses. And they came out and everyone was watching and everyone was smiling and looking at one another. And Isa said, this is the kind of the ceremony they used to kick off the holiday season. This is one of the more important uh, he, here where uh, the ha- happiest holiday legends uh, begin, this is their ceremony. This is their ritual. And Jean kind of started to get it. They were all waiting. Uh, and Roberta Colossus said a few words, uh, kind of acknowledging the hard work of everyone. In the spirit of the season, in the ringing of bells, in the subtle reminders, uh, and it's something, you know, metaphorically, the ringing in our hearts. Yeah, you know, the whole nine yards. And he said, this is special because this is Roberta Colossus' first bell ceremony. The unveiling of the bells, they call it. It's a big deal. And then everyone was chattering a little bit again and clapping and wiping tears from their eyes. The love of Roberta Colossus. Uh, their love of this ceremony with some pomp and circumstance, but on a much more grounded plane. And then uh, the bell tuner and a few other people stood at the sides of all of the reindeer, and I couldn't pick them out, you know. There's, their, you know, their nostrils steam coming out because of the cold air. And the bell tuner counted down five four nodding with your three two one and with a one not super smooth motion but a cool motion the blankets were pulled off of the backs of the reindeer and at first a few reindeers kind of just shook uh in that natural animal motion and the bells jingled and people were already uh, twittering with delight uh and then the reindeer started to realize they were the center of attention, and that, uh, and even that the sounds of the bells brought them joy, and they started prancing and dancing and moving around. And uh, the, the lights of uh, the moon and the stars, and and, and uh, you know everything was reflected off of those golds and those silvers and those grays and those blues. In the different sizes of the bells, Jean started to notice, and and how many layers of sound and jingling were coming. And Jean was like, "I never, there's no holiday special about this. Uh, no one's." Seen, and uh, Issa patted Jean and said, "They care. They care here. Uh, this is this is their thing. Maybe it's not for." And Jean nodded. Enjoyed the sm- sound as it, uh, the reindeer got more caught up in the moment. They started jumping the fences and going out into the range. A couple of them even uh, starting to fly. And the sound went more and more distant, but it still had all of these layers. Uh, almost like if uh, someone with the most gorgeous head of hair uh, shook their head. Like that's what it sounded. We say, My goodness. When they shake their head, it makes me tremble. That's what the sounds of these distant bells did to Gene and to Issa and every person standing there. And then the crowd uh, kind of started to go off as the, 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 the sounds carried further and further away, and the night chill started to descend. And Issa said, we better get going, and they started back the way they came. And they eventually were went in back through the shop somehow. And the snow lessened until they were back on the hardwood floor. And they stood there in the empty store, uh, speechless for a while, you know, not knowing what to say. Gene uh, kind of still hearing a cacophony of bells out in the distance, uh, and just kind of savoring the moment. Uh, And then Gene looked at Issa and said, I I think I get it. I think I understand uh, what you're trying to show me, what you're trying to tell me. I I understand the mission of the shop. Thank you. Thank you for uh, giving me that experience. Uh, You want uh, everyone to have that experience in some sense, huh? And Jean said, "Well, kind of. It's different for every person, right? Uh, uh, for you, you needed to get outside of yourself. I think. Uh, I think it was good for you. And maybe for something else, it's some something different." Uh, and then Jean said, "Do you mind if I look at the facade and the uh, uh, the threshold?" Uh, and Jean kind of studied it and studied the shop uh, and nodded and walked around. And, uh, said, says, so what do you think? Uh, it's pretty special, huh? And Gene said, magical. And, uh, Issa said, well, it's, uh, it's not going to be up for long. I'm not the only one who realizes, uh, the potential here. And Jean said, well, uh, I think I want to be a part of this. And, and he said, great, uh, let's get back to your, you know, let's get back there uh, for something. Uh, and Jean said, "No, no, no, no. I don't want to loan you the money. I don't want to loan you my family's money. I, I, I'd like to work here, maybe invest my money here. I, I know it's a presumptuous of me to offer it to be your partner, but I could offer it to be, you know, my whatever you're comfortable with. Uh, I, I, I believe in your mission now, and I believe in." selfishly what it does for me you're right uh this could draw me into other people it could help me to relate to them and and and, and to help them uh i i see i told you know i'm see, as a and she, she, she and uh isa patted Eugene's jean's arm and, and said uh yeah uh, that's great uh I think we'll f- we could figure something out, uh, but in that case, we, you still have to get back to your shop to kind of loan out the money to someone else. And Gene said, "Well, maybe, yeah. Let me walk back and think about. It. You're right. I got a, other family duties uh, to, uh, but uh, maybe I could meet you back here. Maybe we could." Uh, and, and, and Gene said, "Yeah, after the holidays. So we'll put. We'll, I put. We'll put a deposit down." so we'll have a first bid, and, uh, then after the holiday, uh, we could, we could, we could hammer something out, I think, uh, I'd be happy to have you as a partner, and then they uh, stood there for a moment longer, and I don't know if he said he would seen something in Jean all along, or it was just now that, because Jean had finally become vulnerable, or maybe it was that moment where Jean was talking about playing with the truck, uh, that they uh, both kind of saw each other in a, in a jingly-jangly kind of light, uh, but also in this uh, shared mission light. In the evening light uh, fell as uh, Jean went back to the shop. E- Issa came along, and, and, and Jean signed off on a loan. And Jean did uh, Jean's due diligence, and uh, it was one happy scuba dive. <laughs> I don't know if it was one happy scuba diver or a uh, a happy uh, exercise truck creator, but someone was also happy, and uh, that was uh, how uh, you know maybe the happiest holiday shopping had to start or one one uh, phase of its beginning. I hope you're having a wonderful season. And that you could be there for some moments in the season. It's not easy always to be there all the time. Maybe you need some breaks away, like tonight with me, taking the journey with Gene and and, and being distracted and carried away. Those are places you could go to for a little break. uh, Maybe see if you could lean in for a few minutes and say, well, what am I seeing here? in this world, uh, that, uh, of these holiday traditions, uh, is there anything that's uh, feeding me and I'm feeding it? I don't know. Uh, but I know that I can, knowing your ears are there receiving this feeds me. So I really appreciate it. Uh, and I hope you're resting and, and feeling warm. And, uh, like, there is uh, this magical threshold out there sometimes. Good night. All right. I want to thank everybody who reviewed the show over on Apple Podcast. B. Dings from Canada said, Lifesaver. Just give her this podcast on uh, Spotify when I was fiddling with my phone one sleepless night. My partner was away, and I couldn't get to sleep, and I had a hard time. I have a hard time sleeping most nights, but this one was rough. Uh, I had recently discovered that putting out podcasts was comforting, but I had yes yet to discover podcasts specifically for sleep. I tried a different sleep podcast, didn't work. Tried sleep with me, and it did. And I use it at least three times a week, almost always works. I uh, love the on location episodes and Nuns in Space. Uh, can't contribute financially, but you spread the word. Uh, and i uh, love to see some PJ Pants. Thanks, P Dings. Uh, also Craft uh, double J C D T double H, uh, from Canada it says fantastic to fall asleep through to, uh, never been able to make it through a whole episode. I always fall asleep, uh, olive cat. Uh, you know what I love? Olive. I love it. I love it. Uh, olive cat, uh, ma- ha, oh, A H amazingly perfect. Uh-huh. Amazingly perfect. Uh, thank you, Scooter. Uh, this one, uh, let's see, this is this is one where somebody listened to it a few times, uh, and this is an honest review. It's from Fort Cake, double uh, H F D S goo and they say from C-R-A-P to gold. Uh, so, at first, I honestly thought this was the dumbest to double to, to the C to the to P to the A to the R to the C I'd ever heard. Uh, but now it's solid gold. Never fallen so asleep so quick in my life and I stay asleep. Probably best thing to happen to my iPhone since the iPhone. And I really appreciate your honesty because it is uh, it takes two or three times sometimes it takes longer, sometimes it takes hearing it once loathing it and then months later coming back. Uh, and I want like uh, so many people uh, do have a harsh reaction sometimes. I'm glad you were able to come back and uh, Uh, Be honest about the change in mind. I really appreciate it. F-cake. Zyania said, uh, works. Uh, If you ever have trouble falling asleep, I put this on. I love the Trader Joe's. I scrolled back and realized he had some fearless flyers in there. I fell asleep when he got to the mango shaving cream. Uh, I think uh, that's what it was, but I hope he does more. Thank you. And I got all Z's from The Little Peanut. Uh, the podcast, this podcast puts me to sleep, The Little Peanut said. Uh, Cheesy G, Cheesy Gee says, uh, intros, all intros is all I needed. That's my favorite. Uh, worked every time. I'm so surprised to thank you. RH20 uh, from Ireland said, this podcast worked like a charm. It helps me sleep so much I was recommended to family and friends, but I couldn't even explain it. Uh, and I, plus, I fell asleep so fast. Uh, so I just want to thank everybody who reviewed the show on, over on Apple Podcasts. You can do it in, in Apple Podcasts on your phone or on iTunes on your desktop. You can also like uh, say yes or no if uh, you feel like a review is effective. If you listen to this and you could take the time to do so, it feels like uh, no one's done it in a while, so a lot of our uh, most recommended reviews are from like 2014. So if you could check out some of the newer reviews and say, Hey, this, this review was accurate or whatever, it'd be a huge help just for people like shifting through the reviews and saying, is this podcast going to help me or not? Uh, or what's the honest verdict on it? be a huge help. And those of you that do review the show, it's a huge help. Uh, just for people finding the show and saying, what is this? And, and is it worth my time? especially the honest ones that say, hey, if you took a few tries, this is a different thing. Uh, but Scoots is here to help uh, if it works. Uh, so thank you for that. Sleep With Me is a proud member of Night Vale Presents. You can check out all the amazing shows. Uh, we, we had three fall launches, uh, season two, season uh, season three of Within the Wires, uh, Dream Boy, Adventures in New America. There's going to be more launches by, by the time you're hearing this. So, keep your eyes on uh, nightvalepresents.com uh, for all the amazing shows. We're also a member of PRX, which do, does a lot of amazing work and also supports a lot of amazing podcasts. You can find out more at prx.org. And Sleep With Me is listener supported. The reason it exists and comes to you across the deep dark night uh, for free is because a lot of hard work goes into the show, and that hard work is supported by listeners who support the show on Patreon through other means, listeners who directly support the sponsors or spread the word about the sponsors and let the sponsors know their message is being heard. And uh, it's sleeping me gross by uh, people who spread the word. So I really, really, re- re- I mean, I am literally rely on uh, all of you, and I'm very thankful for all of you uh, that go out of your way to support the show. And that's why I'm here, always here to tuck you in, right? You, you know, I'm, I'm here all the way to the end, like I always say. And, uh, you know, like a butterfly in the sky, you know, it's okay to sigh twice as sigh, twice as sigh, Uh, because I'm here, you know, you could queue up a couple more episodes if you need it, uh, but let me tuck you in, you're doing a great job, it's not easy being human, I know, so so maybe sigh, and then breathe out, good night.